Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. We have a special presentation to share today from Macro Watch produced by Richard Duncan, economics.com. Concerning the second quarter, 2022, prepare for a hard landing. I have charts and a PDF that I'm allowed to share with my listeners. Uh, Richard Duncan is a worldwide known economist, and I will go through this PDF so that you can understand with what's going on in the economics and what we can expect in the future. And have we gone too far already? We'll have to look at those things. And I think that when you'll see the charts, you'll 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 get to see what's really going on. And that's uh, that's enough to to to, to, <laughs> to make you want to. Uh, well, I won't say that. But nevertheless, prepare for a very hard landing. Uh, we could scroll down now. There we go. Let's look at this 180 degree policy reversal. Since 2008, aggressive fiscal stimulus, ultra low interest rates, and round after round of a quantitative easing have kept the U.S. economy expanding and created astonishing amounts of wealth. Now, because of the spike in inflation to 8.6%, further fiscal stimulus is off the table. No mas. And the Fed is aggressively hiking interest rates and destroying large amounts of money through quantitative tightening. This 100-degree policy reversal is very likely to throw the U.S. economy into recession and result in a tremendous amount of wealth destruction. Americans should prepare for a hard landing, a very hard landing. Uh, I've reviewed these charts already, and I already have an opinion of what's going to happen. I think that you'll probably uh, understand what these charts tell you and how they got there. This right here, the 180-degree policy reversal, is from 2008. That's when the credit crisis was. So we've gone uh, a good length of time since then. Um, Next page, please. Household sector net worth. Between 2009 and the end of last year, very low interest rates and quantitative easing caused household wealth to soar by 90 trillion or by 150% from 60 trillion to 150 trillion. You can look at the the curve on that, 
uh, on a regular stock curve, this would be called parabolic. Parabolic means it basically goes straight up. And it's going straight up at this point. The years are down below or the quarters down below, whichever chart it will be. And the 150 trillion is, is it's unbelievable. Between 2009 and the end of last year, very low interest rates and quantitative easing caused household wealth to soar by 90 trillion or by 150% from 60 trillion to 150 trillion. Thank you. This chart, each one of these household net worth has a percentage of disposable personal income. Next chart, please. There we go. Oh, sorry, got to go back. <laughs> My mistake. That's the one. That's the one I wanted. It's, what this is, is household net worth. That means all the families and all the houses in the United States. That's their net worth. Net worth, of course, would be their assets, less all their debts. But that's the net worth, and it's a percentage of disposable personal income. And this tracks that, this percentage of personal income, disposable personal income over household net worth gives you an idea of what the household net worth is doing. And it, too, is going parabolic. When this ratio above is a long-term average, it indicates that asset prices are stretched at the risk of correcting. The average of this ratio since 1952 has been 552 points, 552%. That's been what it's been for night since 1952. And now it's rolled along here at this 19. 1952, starting at the bottom, moving across, it's always been 50, 552%. And now it's going parabolic as well. Next, please. Now, during the NASDAQ bubble, which was around the year 2000, the wealth to income ratio rose to a new record high of 615% in the first quarter of 2000. When that bubble popped, wealth was destroyed and the ratio fell back to its average of 550%. Now here we look at the tops given us, 615% at Q1 2000 exceeded what was previously 550% and now again, we're going berserk, I'll say. Uh, next. During the property bubble, this 
ratio set a new record high again at 670% in the first quarter of 2007. When that bubble popped, a lot of wealth was destroyed, and the ratio fell back to its average of 550%. That's uh, extremely interesting because that 550 is, uh, is like, once you pass that, <clears throat> then it's just going to get worse. And again, this graph at the end, the chart at the end, is coming up pretty high. Next. Household network has a percentage of disposable personal income. Well, let's just talk about them this way. Your net worth, your, the people that have net assets, and a percentage of disposable personal income. At the end of the most recent quarter, Q1 of 2022, the wealth to income ratio was 800 and 18%. Let me repeat, 818%. Now we've been rolling along at 500% for the last 60 years. And now we're at 818. That is a 22% above its previous peak during the property bubble. Property bubble, they're referring that, referring that to the credit crisis. Next. Household net worth as a percentage of disposable personal income. Here's what the ratio would look like if it falls back to the average 550 over the next year. Now, how's that going to look? How's this going to look right here to the right where that graph takes a nosedive on the right? It's, uh, it's critical, but it's already in motion. Next, please. Household net worth, you can see how it too has climbed and climbed. Uh, right after 2000, the, the crisis, credit crisis in 2009, you can see what was done in, in just a slight drop. If you go all the way up to Q4 of 21, it's at 150 trillion, and now it's on our way down. 150, 134 trillion is the estimate. If the wealth to income ratio returns to its average of 550%, that's 100 trillion. So we've got 50 trillion or 34 trillion to fall out of the sky. Next, please. How we got here. This video will discuss why significantly more wealth is likely to be destroyed before the Fed stops tightening monetary policy. It's a bit of a race. The, the Fed has really got its hands tied. They don't know what to do. Let's begin by considering how we got here. Next, please. Total credit. Total credit. Credit is what's been promoting and, and helping the income, the economy. Uh, it's a credit economy. Used to be it was a profit economy. Now it's been a credit economy. You just go borrow more money. Total debt is what it creates, though. It hit 90 trillion in the first quarter of this year. This year. That's from January 
to March. It first exceeded one trillion in 1964. Now, 90 trillion versus one trillion, mm, a 90-fold increase in just 58 years. Mm. Next, please. The ratio of total credit to GDP. Gross GDP is gross. Yes, hold on. Yes, after dollars ceased to be backed by gold in 1968, that happened, credit growth became the main driver of economic growth. Credit growth. They wanted to stimulate the economy. They would do it with credit. Next, please. Credit, death, growth versus GDP growth. Both adjusted for inflation, an annual charge from 1952 to 1921. Now, if you could look at those bars coming out of the uh, chart beginning back at 2009, you can see it came out for a couple of uh, it, it traded, it looks as though it's trading below. And then if you move to the right again, that's 2020, where, you, where the vertical bar is, is dropped below. And then the vertical bar is now on its way up again. Next, please. There we go. Thank you. Um, from 2009 to 2019. Credit growth and economic growth were weak, uh, very weak. That's why those bars are below uh, the, the horizon. Between the early 80s and 2009, total credit adjusted for inflation grew much faster than the economy. That created the credit bubble that blew up in 2008, the credit crisis. Next, please. The policy response, the government responded to the crisis of 2008 and later to the COVID pandemic with massive fiscal stimulus. And the Fed responded to both crises by cutting the federal funds rate to zero and by creating unprecedented amounts of money through quantitative easing. Quantitative easing, that's basically what that was referred to as helicopter money. A combination of extraordinarily large fiscal and monetary stimulus kept the economy from collapsing into a depression both times. So we've already avoided a depression both times. This policy response also created unprecedented amounts of wealth that supported economic growth by boosting consumption. Next page, please. Okay, here's how again household net worth as a percentage of disposable personal income. During the property bubble, the ratio set a new record high again, 670% in the first quarter of 2007. When that bubble popped, a lot of wealth was destroyed and the ratio fell back to its average 550%. Very interesting how that average of 550% has rolled over and over and over for 60 years. 
Next, please. Household net worth as a percentage of disposable personal income. At the end of the most recent quarter, Q1, first quarter of this year, 2022, the wealth to income ratio was 818%. Now, God and all his angels cannot keep that at 818 cents. It's not going to happen. It's 22% above its previous peak during the property bubble. If you look back over 2009, you can see that peak, and it faded as well straight down. To the right is the is the part showing us 818%. Next, please. Here's what it's going to look like if it falls back to its average of 550% over the next year. You see that big drop on the very end? That drop. It drops on the chart. Big drop. That's what's going to happen. We can expect that to happen. This is not going to go away. This is what's going to happen. Next, please. The household net worth, you can see it now, where we are, 134 trillion is the estimate. And you can see on the right, if the wealth to income ratio returns to its average of 550%, that's $100 trillion. So the estimate is 34 trillion is gonna drop off in this particular graph for the year. Mercy, mercy. How we got here. This video is discussing why significantly more wealth is likely to be destroyed before the Fed stops tightening monetary policy. Let's begin by considering how we got here. Next, please. Total credit. Yeah, I think we've done this. Let's go to another chart. Total credit chart. Yeah. Can we have another chart that follows, please? And another. There we go. This is the one. You can see where the credit growth debt versus the GDP growth. You can see the colors, and the colors below the horizon are in red. And what that's telling you is between 1952 and 2009, all nine times total credit adjusted for inflation grew by less than 2%. The economy went into recession. <clears throat> Next, please. From 2009 to 2019, credit growth and economic growth per week. You can see that on the right where it's dropped below the line, the horizontal line. Yeah. Next uh, page. The policy response. 
The government responded to the crisis of 2008 in a letter to the COVID pandemic with massive fiscal stimuluses. And the Fed responded to both crises by cutting the federal funds rate percent and creating unprecedented amounts of money for quantitative easing. I think we've done this. Let's do the next page. From the end of 2008 to 2021, total government debt nearly tripled. We've heard about the government debt. There's looking at it. 10 trillion to 28 trillion. See the red dot on that graph? That's from 2009. 10 million, 10 trillion rather. Now it's already gone off to 28 trillion. Next, please. Effective federal funds rate. Okay, this is where they cut their rates to zero back in 2008, 2009, and then it ran pretty much flat until a couple of years in 2018 to 2020, and then it's back to running flat. Next, please. Fed's total assets. The Fed also created eight trillion between 2008 and now, increasing its total assets by roughly ten times. Now have a look at that chart, beginning at 2019, and then look how it's going straight up. Had a, have a little hitch, but it went straight up again to 2022. That's April. Again, it's parabolic. You can't correct things like that. It takes take time for that type of thing to be corrected. Next page, please. Non-inflation. No, excuse me, no inflation until COVID. Of course. Before the 1980s, so much fiscal and monetary stimulus would have led to very high rates of interest, of inflation. But between the crisis of 2008 and the start of the COVID pandemic, that did not happen because globalization was so deflationary. A deflationary global prevented us from being able to do that. And of course, they were going through the same pandemic. Next page. Inflation, CPI for the year, average for the year. From 2009 to 2020, the inflation rate averaged 1.6% a year. That was below the Fed's 2% inflation target. But in 2021, inflation began to spike. And at that number, 4.7% in 2021. Next, please. Inflation CPI. Look how choppy that is until there's another breakout at 2020. January 2020. That's when the COVID went beluso and inflation has continued to spike in 2022 
hitting 8.6% in May. This May, it's a 40-year high. Hmm. Inflation, CPI. Next, please. Credit is contracting. You can't get a loan like you used to. Credit is getting smaller and smaller in its availability. The reemergence of high rates of inflation threatens to collapse the global economic bubble that has been forming for decades. Get it now, it's been forming for decades. Credit growth. Credit growth adjusted for inflation is contracting. It contracted by 3%, excuse me, 0.3% in the fourth quarter of 2021 and by 0.8% in the first quarter of this year compared with one year earlier. Next, please. Total credit annual percent change. Adjusted for inflation. Recall that when credit growth adjusted, the inflation comes in below 2%, the U.S. tends to go into recession. If you look on the far right, we're on, the, we're on that already, below 2%, which is not good. We can expect recession, and we're fooling ourselves if you don't. Next, please. Large-scale wealth destruction. Moreover, with the price of stocks and other risky assets plunging, wealth is being destroyed on a large scale. It's important for investors to understand that this time, the government and the Fed are not going to step in and save them. It's not going to happen. You could probably expect for this stock market decline to reoccur sometime in the middle of this month, July, my opinion. Next. Large-scale wealth destruction. That would be the stock market. Additional fiscal stimulus won't happen anytime in the foreseeable future because of concerns that more government spending would drive inflation even higher. And with inflation already at 8.6%, the Fed can't come to the rescue, and it's done so often in the past. In fact, the Fed is being forced to induce a recession and to destroy wealth on a large scale through rate hikes and quantitative tightening to bring inflation back down. Mm, mercy. Next page, please. Household net worth. At this point, household net worth is looking pretty good. But it's at the top. The next several charts to look at data up to the end of the first quarter only. These were shown first quarter of each year for a long time. During the first quarter, household net worth dropped slightly by 0.4% compared with three months earlier. Next, please. Household net worth, quarter on quarter, dollar change. 
that was a decline of $540 billion after many quarters of multi-trillion dollar gains. Now have a look at that short bar on the very right, below the horizontal. On the right, far right, yep. It's a decline of $540 billion is what it's measuring from where it was and where it is now. Next page. Household sector. Total assets and liabilities. Household net worth is the difference between the household sector, total assets, and total liabilities. From Q1 to 2009 to Q1 2022, assets soared by 94 trillion or by 127%. Liabilities by only $4 trillion or 29%. It's a big difference. And that 127% is going to be a new number steadily over a fairly long period of time. Next page, please. A breakdown of the household sector asset. This chart shows the breakdown of the household's sectors total assets now if you look on the right the black mark in the chart has gone up pretty high that's in real estate real estate 44 trillion below that in green is pensions that's 31 trillion and equities 30 trillion those are very close because equities are already in most pensions Below that, you have non-corp equities, mutual funds, and deposits. So that's the breakdown of the household sector's asset. Next page, please. Real estate. Property prices are still appreciating, but probably not for much longer. Given that, have a look at this. Next page. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, a lot of people are counting on this, but I think they're going to get hurt by it. The 30-year fixed mortgage rate has shot up from 3% in December to 5.8% last week, to the highest level since 2008. It's already over 6%, and most mortgage people were talking in terms of it becoming 7%, and not in the very near future, in the very near future. Moreover, mortgage rates are likely to continue moving higher. Next page. Pensions entitlement have moved up relatively steadily, reaching $31 trillion at the end of the first quarter. You know, I just thought of something. You know, these, these pensions entitlements, and they're up to $31 trillion now at the end, and if we have this wealth disaster, where are these people going to receive their pensions from? Pensions are going to be going away. Well, the entitlements are. They're going to become much lower. Hmm. Something else to consider. Next page, please. 30-year fixed rate mortgage, 2000 to June 22. 
the 30-rate fixed-rate mortgage has shot up from 3%. Now, we did that. Yeah, we've done this one. Next page, please. Next page, please. The value of equities owned by households nearly doubled since the Q1 2020, reaching 30 trillion at the end of March. That's where equities were at the end of March. Next page. Equities plus mutual share funds totaled 42 trillion. And they're up at the top. They're beginning to come down. Combination better reflects the household's true position in the stock market since stocks make up about 85% of the mutual fund's assets. Hmm. That's, uh, that's going to begin coming down on the right. Equities, U.S. millions, the value of equities owned by households nearly doubled since 2020, reaching, reaching $30 trillion at the end of March. Next page. Equities plus, nope, we've done that. Next page. Now, this is the S&P 500 index. This is interesting. Now, let's look at the second quarter. During Q21, Q1 2022, the S&P fell 5%. See it from the right over 2021, and then it begins to go down. It adjusted in February on the right, and it's beginning another fall. It has fallen more than 14% as of June 24th. That's the S&P 500 since June 24th. No bueno. It's going to get worse. Let's uh, turn the page, please. Household network. Due to the second quarter stock market sell-off, Richard Duncan estimated that household network has fallen about 10% in the second quarter. Property prices continued to rise. But the S&P 500 fell by 14%, and NASDAQ fell by much more than that. So a 10% fall in net worth is a reasonable guess, and it's going to increase. So what do you, what do, you do with your stocks? What do you do with your money? Where are you going to put it? Uh, it's, uh, this tells us that it's going to get worse. So you need to be talking to some intelligent people that does what they do with this kind of situation. Next page, please. Household net worth, quarter on quarter, dollar change. Now you can see on the very, very right, look, how, look at that drop below the line. 15,000, excuse me, 15 trillion, a 10% decline would represent the destruction of 15 trillion of wealth. Ooh, that's, uh, that's startling. Mm. Uh, let's go to the next uh, chart. 
Up the other way. Next turn. Next turn. One more time. Next turn. Yep, we talked about, oops, let's hold, that's 10%. That's a 10% view, 10% plunge on the net worth during just one quarter. One quarter. Next page, please. Assuming household sector net worth fell by 10% in the second quarter and the wealth to income ratio would still be at uh, 736. That would be 33% above its average of 50%, 550% since 1952, and 10% above the property bubble peak of 670%. So asset prices are still stretched. Still stretched means there's more to go to lower that 636%. Hmm. Next page. Oops, that's, yeah, okay. The, the Fed funds rate. Let's back it up one chart, please. I, I spoke too soon. I didn't see the uh, the red item at the bottom. That's it. If the Fed continues to tighten, this ratio is likely to continue to fall as more wealth is destroyed. Hmm. One more page down, please. Federal funds rate is currently at a range between 1.5 to 1.75. It's likely to hit 4.6 by mid-2023. That's this time next year. Assuming a 75 basis point hike in July, 50 basis point hikes in September and November, and 25 basis points hikes at every FOMC after that. Mm. Mercy. Uh, Next page, please. The Fed's total assets are beginning to, the Fed's total assets are beginning to go down. It's got a little curve at the top, but it's heading down again. The Fed is expected to destroy approximately 1.6 trillion through quantitative tightening between now and the end of 2023. That will put more upward pressure on bond yields and more downward pressure on asset prices. Next page. Tighter monetary policy will, higher rates will cause credit growth to slow further. At the same time, higher interest rates and quantitative tightening will cause asset prices to fall further. This is, this is the, this is really happening now. I hope y'all out there understand this. Next chart. Conclusion. For decades, for decades, the U.S. economy has been driven by rapid credit growth and asset price inflation driven. Now, however, credit growth adjusted for inflation is negative and wealth has contracted significantly. Looking ahead, wealth is likely to fall significantly further, particularly given that asset prices are still very stretched by past standard as reflected in the high reading in the wealth to income 
ratio, with credit and wealth both contracting at the same time, the economy is likely to suffer a very hard landing over the quarters ahead. Wow. Remarkable. Its hard landing brings the inflation rate back down close to 2% inflation target. There could be some relief with the Fed beginning to loosen monetary policy in the middle of the year. But if inflation doesn't come down due to an ongoing supply chain bottlenecks and war, then the tightening cycle is likely to continue on into the second half of next year. In that scenario, the economic hard landing may spiral into an economic crash landing. <clears throat> that could be a depression. Everyone needs to be prepared for tougher economic times ahead. Next page. Ah, and there is no next page. Thank you, God. I was getting tired of looking at those pages. But that's reality. You, you were looking at reality right there on those charts and right there on the de definitions and descriptions. People didn't make this up. This is a world-known economist, Richard Duncan. Thank you very much for allowing us to share. Uh, and have a look, if you would, to Richard Duncan Economics. Dot com. Well, uh, it's been gruesome. Tell our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. I trust that you'll look further into this for more information about what you can do about what you saw and what you shouldn't do about what you saw. I want to thank my listeners and for tuning in to Searching integrity. So long and happy trails to all.